we just thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you tonight. Speak to us through your word. Open our hearts, Lord, to, to hear you. You can speak volumes more than was spoken in words here tonight. To our spirits, we ask that you do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tonight I'm going to be speaking on the subject of faith. I talk a lot about faith, but I hardly use the word faith much in, in preaching. Uh, the reason I, I do that is probably because of me, my, <laughs> my own life. Because when I heard a lot about faith in times past, I just didn't understand the subject. And the more they talked about it, the more I wondered if I had faith or not. <laughs> and so, staying with the word, you have faith. You have faith. And so tonight I'll be talking about overcoming faith. Faith is the most important subject in all of scriptures. The most important subject in all of scriptures is faith. Which the Bible tells us we are saved by faith. We live by faith. We walk by faith. We overcome by faith. We also know that faith pleases God. So faith is the most important subject in all of scripture. Now, right after the fall of man, the greatest need of mankind was the need for righteousness. The need for righteousness was our greatest need and is still the greatest need of man. Because without righteousness, without a right standing with God, without the ability to be able to come into God's very presence, without a sense of guilt, life cannot be the way God planned it to be. So faith is what brings us to that righteousness. Right after the fall, we had that serious need, the need for a mediator, a redeemer, that will bring back into our life righteousness. Without the right standing with God, we become very vulnerable to lack, sickness and disease, And circumstances created by Satan to cause us pain, discomfort, and a whole lot of trouble. These are negative circumstances that Satan creates in our lives. But through the coming of our Lord Jesus, we now have another law. That's where I'm going tonight. Another law by which we live. And we can live right life the way God intended us to live. There is a law of sin and death. That law will leave you behind. The law will cause you a whole lot of trouble in life. But God has given us another law. And this new law is called the law of faith. The law of faith is the law that brings righteousness back to us 
so that we can live life the way God intended us to live. We have to live by faith. We no longer live by the old law. We now have a new law that God is giving to us. And this law is called the law of faith. If you're wondering about that, Romans chapter 3 verse 27 tells us, Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. So we have another law that we have to live by today. And that law is the law of faith. That's what makes things work for the believer. If you are going to depend on the law of sin and death, you are not going to get very far with God. What the law will do is to bring you to the very presence of Christ so that you can now receive the Lord Jesus and begin to operate in the law of faith. This is the only thing that will make you a high flyer in this life. This is the only thing that will deliver everything that Jesus brought to us when he gave his life on the cross. Operating by the law of faith. The law of faith is the new yoke that God has placed on us. When you think about that. The law of sin and death was a serious burden. A serious yoke upon us. No one could keep that law. What it brought was death. Sin and death. Now what sin does is a little bit pleasurable for a moment. But then afterwards there's a lot of pain and guilt guilt in your life but it doesn't stop there it goes into every area of your life to destroy so a man that's living in sin without righteousness what happens you can have nothing certain in life there is nothing that can be certain for you in life but if you operate by the law of faith your life is set we struggle when we back off from the law of faith and we begin to look to ourselves or the things that we can see, what we can analyze, you know, with our own mind. That's when we get into trouble. It's only when we operate by this new law, the law of faith, that we can really. So this is the yoke. The old law, the law of sin and death was a serious burden. Jesus came to take that away from us. And that's what the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. That's what I believe Jesus was saying. He says, come to me, all you that who labor and are heavy laden. It's not because they were carrying a lot of load. The yoke, the load was the yoke, the law. Old law. That we couldn't keep. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll take that old burden away from your life, and this new law of faith is the one that's going to bring you rest. Rest there means entering into the rest of God, God's Sabbath. That's what he's talking about here. Take my yoke upon you. Now, notice, one yoke is taken off, one, the burden is taken off, but then another yoke and burden is placed on you. That's the yoke of Christ. 
Take my yoke on you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Really, it's when you turn away from the law of faith that Christianity becomes really difficult. Because you're trying to do things on your own. I used to say in those days how tough Christianity is. How difficult it is to live for God. Well, if it's that difficult, how could you have joy? (laughs) Unspeakable, full of glory. You can have that when you're struggling. And the only reason you're struggling is when people begin to present Moses to you. That's another word for the law of sin and death. And you want to live by that law instead of living by the law of faith. And you find everything becomes difficult. Every door is closed and you're struggling. You have no peace. It's condemnation and all of that. You can't come into God's very presence because of that. So this is the burden that Jesus is giving to us. This is the new yoke. It is light. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. And that's what we need to operate in. The law of faith. The law of faith, just like the law of Moses, has other names. The law of Moses is also called the law of sin and death. You know that. It's also called the, it's also called the law, just the law. Or Moses. Sometimes the scripture says Moses, meaning the law. The law of faith has other names as well. The Bible calls the law of faith the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And the good thing about this new law, it supersedes the other law and is greater, more powerful than the other law, so that if you are operating in the law of faith, you can fly way over the old law. This is what the scripture tells us in Romans 8 verse 2. For the law of sin, uh, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For the law of the spirit of life, that's the law of faith. That's this, the law of the spirit of life. The old law brings death and brings decay to everything it touches. This new law will bring life, the law of faith. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And if you go to the next verse, it says, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, condemned sin in the flesh. So now we are free. So we can have... uh, We can operate in this new law and be victorious in life. This is the law that brings us righteousness. You're born again after you operate initially in this law by putting your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is deposited in your heart the measure of faith. Once you receive Christ... For by grace we are saved through faith. And that, not of yourself, 
is the gift of God is given to you. A gift is given to you called faith. It, it resides in you. Now God puts that in you to help, help you operate in the law of faith. That's why the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. That measure of faith, the Bible calls the measure of faith, is given to you at the time you're born again, when you accepted Christ into your life, that faith is deposited in you to operate in the law of faith through life and be victorious. The only time you fail is when you move away. From the law of faith. And you begin to walk. By the things that you can see. The circumstances that surround you. The circumstances that Satan is creating. The, thing, the difficulties. The obstacles that come in your way. And you're looking at them. And you're forgetting that you are supposed. To move mountains. <laughs> and no obstacle can be in your way. Once you take your eyes off that. And you begin to take. You begin to look into yourself. You've lost it. You can no longer operate. If you look at those circumstances, those oppositions coming against your life, and don't recall, you remember, if you look, go back to the Old Testament, God will always say, remember. You know, you heard that word? Remember that. Remember. Recall. God wants you. He doesn't want you to forget. I will not have you ignorant. I want you to remember. Remember that you are a child of faith. And you are all, you ought to operate in faith. Not by what you see. So once you begin to move away from that, then you will really have a hard time. Overcoming faith is faith that will just not give up. The faith that you receive, that measure of faith is deposited into your heart. At that point, when you come to Christ, at the time you came to Christ, because there will be things for you to overcome in life. That's why God gave that to you. We live by faith. We walk by faith. We fight the fight of faith. It's faith all through. So that's deposited in you. It's a baby faith, so to speak. But God wants you to feed it the word and let it grow. Exercise the faith. Amen. Because it's given to you because there will be things. Things that you have to deal with through life. Before you see Jesus face to face. You have to deal with them. So God gets you ready. It's from now on, after you're born again, it's going to be your life of faith. And Satan knows it. So as soon as you receive that, comes trouble. How do you deal with it? The trouble, troubles that come to us, they are not designed by God to put us back. They are designed to elevate us. Amen. To help us get to this summit. That's why James said, count it all joy. Huh? <laughs> count it all joy. When you go through trials. Because you, God already prepared you. And the trials are designed, even though we don't like them. 
<laughs> and we don't know how it's going to end, how God is going to work it out. We really like to know how it's going to work out for us. But it's a life of faith. You've, you're called to that. Just like the Old Testament people had to live by the law. We are called to live by faith. And if, if you make it as a Christian, you have to. You got no choice. If you don't, you're going to go, you're going to fall. So overcoming faith is that faith that will not yield. The faith that doesn't pay attention to the negative circumstances that Satan is creating around it. It's focused only at the promises of God. It's faith that will wait on God for his own time. Many times we start in faith. But when what we are believing God for doesn't come at the time we think it should come, we give up. But overcoming faith is that faith that will not yield, regardless of what circumstances the enemy is presented to it. Regardless, it says, God, I know God is faithful. It's the faith that says, God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I'm going to seek God. I won't pay attention to what I'm saying. I won't pay attention to these negative circumstances. I will stay with my God. I know he cannot lie. I know his words can, his word cannot return to him void. So I'm staying with God. Regardless of what's going on in my life. I know it's going to be well. That's the overcoming faith. It's faith that will not look at the things that are seen. Now, what that means is the negative circumstances around your life. The delays. The disappointments. The dashed hope. The way you planned it and it didn't work that way. That's the point. Now let me let you know something. We have an enemy. And he's after just one thing. To do away with the knowledge of God. And doing away with the knowledge of God means doing away with faith. Because if you know the word and you understand the word, you've got revelation from the word, you know God. And the word and the Holy Spirit is making sure that the knowledge of God covers the earth as water covers the sea. So we walk by faith. We must always remember that. The one who is walking in faith has no fear. The Bible tells us fear has torment. If you can't sleep because of the negative circumstances, what you need to do is pull your book out again and begin to read. Some of you have promises uh, that God is giving to you from the word. Some of you have had people prophesy over your life. It hasn't come to pass yet. And you're wondering, is, this, is, is it true? What I do, I know that God has spoken to me the early days of, of, of ministry. 
And I, had to, I, have, I have those things reading. And whenever I'm having struggles and different negative circumstances, I wake up real early in the morning and I pull those fires up. And I begin to read them. And it builds my faith up again for God. And He cannot lie. He is faithful. I'm not concerned about the time. You know, the Bible says this very clearly. And I've, I've latched on to that scripture in Acts chapter 1. It is not for you to know the time and the season that God is placed in His own power. You go do what God asks you to do. It's not your business. But that time and season is what gives us <laughs> the greatest amount of trouble. Because uh, we're wondering, is, it, is, is God going to come through? We need to stick with that. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The substance of things hoped for. You know what that means? When you are hoping for something, that thing that you are hoping for is still not seen yet. You know, it's in the unseen world. God is saying your faith is what gives substance to it before you see it in the natural world. So basically, no one can see it, but you can see it. Amen? It's right there. You can see it. And God doesn't want you to let go of it. If you let go of what people cannot see, but you can see it with the eyes of your faith, which is faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That, if you keep on to that, holding on to that vision, it will appear. Now, you know about Jacob. In the Old Testament, God gave him a vision. Today, in my country, if I see somebody doing that, I have call it voodoo practice. Because what I'm talking about is uh, jo- uh, Jacob, you know, sitting before these animals and expecting the animal's DNA to change because he had this striped, spotted and striped uh, trees around the trough where they drank, he was going to change their DNA. Uh, to me, that would be voodoo practice. How are you going to do that? But he said, God had given me in a dream. Amen? Amen. God has given me in a dream. And God showed him exactly what to do in the natural. So that's exactly what he did. In their time, they did things in the natural. In our time, we do it by the eyes of faith. We see it in our heart. That's why the Bible says, God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or even imagine. So it's by faith. As long as you refuse to let go of what you can see with your eyes of faith, it will come into the natural world. But if you let circumstances cause you to fear and to give that vision off, the vision will not be fulfilled. 
So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can't see it, but you have the evidence. You know that this is real. So you are not moved. He that believes does not make haste. So if you're worried and you're concerned and you keep talking back and forth, that tells me you are not really believing because you are trying to make haste. Huh? If you believe, you're rested. That's it. I put it, it's going to happen. Just don't know when. Just don't know when. So that's what faith is. I like to talk a little bit about Abraham so you can understand, we can understand uh, faith because he really is our father in faith. In Hebrews 11 verse 8 it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. He didn't see it. He, God just told him, and he went out. Now, when we think about this, we'll think, we'll think like, you know, God had a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. Abraham didn't see any of that stuff. It's just God said, okay, come out. And he just stepped out and started walking. And everywhere he went, that's where God, God gave to him. This is the place. So God gives you a vision. God has a lot of calling in his word. And in your own personal life, God has told you certain things that he was going to do. And you wonder, how is he going to do this? That's really not your business. <laughs> what you really need to do is step out. Step out. Abraham was 75 when God called him. And promised him, I'm going to give you a nation. 75. You have a child. 75. How long he waited. But he never gave up. There's something though I need to let you. If you read the scriptures, you'll see that almost Abraham seemed, if you really read through, it's like he gave up at the point. He was telling God, bless Ishmael. You remember that? Forget this thing about Sarah having, having a child. Remember? Yeah. Let me show you. This is a principle in the scriptures concerning faith. There is something that's called vision gained, vision lost, vision regained. I'd like you to regain your vision today. I'll explain that to you. God sometimes will deposit, he'll deposit something in your heart. And as soon as that thing comes in and you step out to do it, you will meet with obstacle for Abraham was 25 years for that child to be born. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of difficulties. 
If you're not encountering it, maybe God isn't involved. You will go through that testing period. And during that testing period, you almost give it up. You see, no, the vision is still there, but it's dead. You, you feel like, I don't know if I can do this. But God has a way, if you're really listening to him, he will bring back that vision to life. Explain to you. Remember Moses? Moses knew he was going to be the deliverer for his people. He, he said I had to try to do it. Remember? He went out and he, he was a prince in the land. But he went out and he was trying to get the people out. I don't know what he was thinking. You can't kill all the Egyptians, but he was trying to, to do his job as a deliverer. <laughs> he went in there, killed the Egyptian, and he went in again trying to reconcile the people. He said, don't fight your brothers. And, all. and then what happened? He had to run for his life, right? Now, in the desert, he wasn't thinking about being a deliverer, right? The vision was gone. <laughs> He had the vision, he lost the vision, and God started, I mean, he took God a whole lot of work to persuade this man to go back to his original vision, you know. The burning bush, that's the way God works. You think about Joseph, you know about Joseph? He got those two dreams. I'm sure in the house of Potiphar, he wasn't thinking about his dream. Hmm? He had forgotten about how all of that, think about it. How would it ever happen? It was a way, and you wonder, did God really show those things to me? Now, he was doing very well in Potiphar's home. You think, well, things will get better now. I'm doing real well. I'm, you know, really close to this guy. Maybe somehow I'm going to get up and be somebody, and, and my, my dream will come to pass. And then the next thing you know, he was in prison. You can't be thinking about that vision or the dream while in prison. I, I believe that at that point, how is this going to have happen? But then, those two officers from Pharaoh came into the prison. And after the dream was in, their dreams were interpreted, he started thinking, hey, maybe I can get out of this situation. But God fulfilled his dream. I can know, I, there's no way to know what was in Joseph's heart. I will ask him when I see him in heaven. <laughs> but God has a way of doing that. You can think about David. You can just go through the scriptures. David had a vision. He was, he was anointed to be king, right? And he was seeing himself as the king. He killed Goliath and all of that. And I'm going to be king, you know. And Saul was backslidden. Before long, David was running for his life. He wasn't thinking about being the king. He was just trying to survive. And then Saul died. And he started to think, hmm, maybe. Before long, he was the king of the whole nation. God has a way of doing these things. Don't let go of your vision. Stay with it. And if the vision was dying in you, let God put some life in that vision tonight.
if you're thinking about something that you can handle, it didn't come from God. That's your own vision. (laughs) I'm talking about something that's bigger than you. That's when you need faith. Something much bigger than you, something that you cannot accomplish on your own. And I'm not just talking about ministry, okay? In any area of life, whatever vision God has given to you in your heart. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 uh, through 19, it says, By faith, when he was tested, that's Abraham, when Abraham was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Now, it's, it's easy because we know the story now. But this was the guy that waited for 75, I mean 25 years to have a son. And then God says to him, I want you to offer that boy on the altar for me as a sacrifice. This was another act of faith. I think if you, had, if you, if you had the opportunity to talk to Abraham during this time, he'll tell you, I would rather lay my worn out life on the altar instead of that boy. In the Middle East, to be without a son, that's a terrible thing in that culture. So this was a great thing that God was asking him to do. Ishmael was no longer around. Ishmael had been asked to leave. Remember the story? So that was his only son. But it was just a test. But God didn't tell him, this is just a test. But by faith, he knew that because God has spoken, and that this was the promised child that God said will inherit all things, There is no way, if he's asking for this son, there's something behind it. He became the friend of God by covenant. And God had a right by covenant to ask whatever he wanted from him. And God chose that boy. And he was willing to give the boy because he believed. Even if I kill him, God has the power to raise him back up from the dead. Why is this written for us to read in the New Testament? Because God is saying, when you are in covenant with God, and God is giving you a promise, and you are walking towards the fulfillment of that promise, your faith in that promise is going to be tested. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's going to be tested. Difficult times will come. I remember when we started the Ark Fellowship, many times I've said this before, you know, on Sunday morning, it's like the place is packed. 
And he will say, the vision is coming to conclusion. Man, praise the Lord. And the following Sunday, Angel and I will put, we were in our home. We put so many chairs up all around to the top, you know, the second floor. And we saying, great. We wake up real early. Move all the television stuff, the couch and all of that. We are excited. It's going to be, we're going to grow real fast. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not sure if we had up to 10 people showing up. And, <laughs> and then we started to wonder. I had many times Angela would ask me, maybe, maybe you should do this. Maybe, maybe you should do that. Maybe it's because... Uh, I can't change my accent. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. <laughs> Maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do that. Do you understand what I'm saying? We all have to go through this type of thing. And I go through the same thing. But I go back to, well, but it was God that said to start this. I don't care how many people show up. I'm just going to speak. Amen. He'll bring them in his own time. My job is to be obedient to him. And do my job faithfully. That's all. He gives the increase. Mine is to sow. All we have to do is make sure my relationship. is not about ministry. My relationship and with him is okay. I'm fine with him. Amen. And this ministry stuff, that's the vision they gave to me. I want it fulfilled. Amen. But I stay with it. If I didn't have difficulties, then you don't have a great testimony. You understand what I'm But the difficulties will result in great testimony. Then you can write a book. I'm kidding. <laughs> but that's the way it is. No book is interesting except you've been through difficulties, trouble, and you've overcome. And things are really great now. And then you can share with people what you've been through. And encourage others. And it's all going to be by faith. Overcoming faith. There are things to overcome. They're coming to you. They're coming to me. But Jesus is overcome. That's why some works will be burnt. Others will remain. Those works done out of faith. Those will be rewarded. Because the just shall live by faith. Please stand up with me. How many ready to live by faith? I need you on Saturday morning. No kidding. <laughs> Amen. Please hold on to your vision. It doesn't matter. If, if, if you have a financial vision in your heart. Something you want God to do through you. Age has nothing to do with it. Doesn't matter how young or how old you've gotten. God can still do it. A vision to have people, a lot of people saved. But you can't speak very well. Don't worry about it. Pray about it. God will find a way. Moses said, I can talk. I cannot talk. Find somebody else. But he was the deliverer. God used him and brought over three million people out of the land. There is nothing that's impossible with God. He has all the resources. 
Forget the difficulties. Don't, don't even pay attention to them. Trust in the God, Jesus Christ, your God, who's called you to himself for a purpose. And maybe that purpose is that vision that you have in your heart. Don't give it up. Amen? Amen. Pastor Andy, please come over here. Would you pray for us? Get the microphone. We're close. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we're thankful for the word of God that went forth tonight. Lord, I pray that all of us will realize, Lord, that we all have faith. We just got to act on our faith. God, we're so thankful for what you're doing. God, I thank you for the word of God that goes out every week. Thank you, Lord, how it ministers to our hearts. Lord, I pray tonight that you would go before us as we go to our homes. Be with us the rest of this week, Lord, and we look forward to being in your house once again this coming Sunday to be with brothers and sisters in Christ, to hear your word once again, Lord. God, we thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.